0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another iWOPS. We're today...
1: <laughs> I don't think we are today. We're today. That's the problem. We're going to start again. We're yeah. No, no, we have to go on. We have a no-edit rule. We, we we do this through thunderstorms. Well, no one's going to hear about the no-edit rule when I edit it out. <laughs> they will.
0: Hi, everybody. I'll talk about it. We
2: are today. Hi,
0: everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Okay, here we go. Hi, everybody.
2: <laughs> preparing my throat.
0: Alright, good. Action. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another I Was. We're here today with Kelly Dunbar. Hi there. Ian Dunbar. Hello there. And me, Jamie Dunbar. What are we talking about today, Kelly?
2: Today we're going to talk about the idea that the aggression is on the rise in pet dogs. I keep hearing this in different trainer groups and on, online. Uh, that many, many of our colleagues uh, discuss the idea that they are seeing more leash reactivity, more biting, more resource guarding in general in dogs, as well as um, dog-dog aggression. So, I don't know, I thought we'd just kind of explore the idea of, of whether we feel that's true. Obviously, we don't have any hard data on that. It's no, all I... a speculation.
1: I think that's the the first point. As a scientist, I I can remember going to my mentor, Dr. Beach, and saying, oh, look, so-and-so is happening in the dog colony. He said, show me the data. The exact opposite was happening when I actually objectively looked at the facts over time. So, why do we think there's an epidemic in aggression? You know, did one trainer say, or maybe two or three, or they feel it? You know, we have to have numbers on it. So, firstly, is it true? And your, um,
2: and your point is perspective. is very important. Right? Oh, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. as a dog trainer, you are going to see primarily problem dogs, Yes. first right. of
1: all. <laughs> you, you have a skewed sample. You know, so it's, it's an right. epidemic of perfectly behaved dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sweeping the nation. here. Yeah. So, so, so I think first, is it actually happening? I personally don't think so. I think that in terms of, you know, friendliness in dogs to people, it, to me it's been about the same over 45 years. I think there's a rise in dog dog aggression because dogs aren't off leash now so much in training classes even you know everything's done on leash even in puppy classes so I think dog dog aggression is is in increasing a little but if so you know then what are the causes if we do have this spike what are the causes B- because different types of trainers will say different things on. that. Yeah, that, for example, you know, people say, well, it's because you're too lenient with your dogs. You're you're just bribing them with food. So you've got to show them who's boss. You've you've got to discipline them. And I think if we dissect that, because that to me is the crux of this whole thing between trainers, we have to deal with behaviour problems. We have to deal with non-compliance. We have to deal with dogs which are naughty. I mean, this is the issue. Um, I remember watching a talk show on TV and, and um, the, the host asked that question, but what do I do when my dog is naughty? And the trainer on TV, um, and it's not who everyone thinks it is, um, but he stood up, he said, I'll show you. And he walked over to a dog, snapped on a leash, said, bad dog, bad dog, and hung it. This is the problem. <laughs> Number one, that dog wasn't doing anything wrong. But number two, when a dog or a child or a spouse is being naughty, yeah, I think we should deal with it and we should correct it. The the big misunderstanding is we shouldn't frighten it or hurt it in the process. You see, this is where I, I think we have a total disconnect in training now where we are following learning theory and we have to understand learning theory was created by computers in a lab in a lab that they didn't have language when we use language in training we can transcend the constraints of especially punishment because in the lab punishment has to be unpleasant how else can a computer say oh no no you bad ratty you mustn't do that come over here you know um but we can. We can talk, and with language, then we can communicate so many more things. When a dog is doing it wrong, not just that you're doing it wrong, but what you should be doing.
2: Okay. So before we even go into just correcting the wrong behavior or what it, what is, I'd like to kind of explore what naughty means, because uh, most <laughs> trainers would then say. Well, no, the dog just, you know, it isn't trained up to stand your standard yet. You've gone too far with your criteria. And often, very often that's true. And as you like to show in the basic sit test, often a dog is not clear on the concept of what we're asking for for him or her to do. Uh, that said, you know, when people say that they kind of they kind of stop there and it's not true. It does a disservice to animals and training and to poor poor human owners that are trying to deal with behavior when you say when you deny the fact that a dog still can make a choice and can be pretty darn well aware of what you want and still decide no thank you I don't want to do that right now they still have free will
1: and I think that is a fault of training that so many people think training is teaching the dog what to do but I think 90 percent of it is once you've done that teaching the dog to want to do what you want him to do and so if you say, do this, and he does that, or he says no, I think the problem is one with motivation, and then following up. You see, I, I think that, um, I mean, I like to go back to my childhood. My grandpa, he'd say, sit down, Ian. And if I didn't, he wouldn't leave it. He'd say, Ian, sit. And he'd be totally calm. And then when I'd sit down, you know, grumpily as a kid, he'd say, thank you, now stand up and sit down. Well done, what would you like for dinner? And that's, I think, how we should do it with dogs. If you say sit, and you want the dog to sit, I think two things have to happen. You have to cue it beforehand. I'm just
0: curious, at at the time, did you (laughs) you appreciate the genius of his training methods, or at the time, did you think he was being a bit of a jerk?
1: Um, No, I didn't think he was being a jerk. I I greatly respected him, Uh but it wasn't until looking back, and I, I, especially my grandfather and my father, the way they dealt with us, I thought that was genius. They were lovely people mm-hmm. that never hit us at all. Didn't raise voices towards us. Let's mm-hmm. swear at machinery and stuff. We know it broke down, but, right. um, but they would signal we mean it by saying a name in a certain tone. Well, with dogs, we use a different name like Hugo Louis instead of Hugo. This means it's serious. I am going to follow up, but then you must follow up. The dog has to do it. Once he's done it, then he has to do it again. So basically, if the dog makes you repeat a command, which is a formal command, which you've cued to him in advance, then the dog has to repeat the whole exercise until he does it following a single command. Mm -hmm. And then there's no reason to get upset, to raise your voice, to get angry, you know, and there's no reason to to frighten or hurt the dog.
2: But there's at least three points right there, right? So if your dog doesn't do something that you want, you've, you've requested, is it? I think the thing to first ask yourself is, have I trained this sufficiently? Am oh, I asking for something absolutely. that is, to, is beyond their capability? And the answer is no,
1: because you haven't, period. Yeah. I mean and the answer is no, you haven't
2: trained. Yeah, of course, in most cases it really is that you haven't trained it sufficiently in well, no, that context. You're just
0: saying that 90% of training is motivation, so it could very well be that they understand what you
1: want, but they aren't motivated. Yeah, yeah but, but five, what prepare, I'm talking yeah. about here is the 5 But you mm-hmm. know, if I said so 5% I think is teaching, what sit means. 90% is motivating them to want to do it but 5% is enforcing it and following up and this is what is missing from a lot of training at the moment Mm -hmm. that if he does it we smile, we may give a treat, we may click but what we don't deal with and what we don't teach owners to do is what to do when your dog doesn't do it. So I would say keep calm, you must follow up but when we formalize it because I mean, it cracks me up when trainers say, you know, oh, well, people are inconsistent. Yes? Hello? I mean, I'm the most inconsistent doggy person there is, Mm -hmm. but I can be inconsistent for 95% of the time I live with the dogs because when I want them to do it, I clearly signal to them, Hugo Louis," it means the next word, and you're going to do it. We're not going to argue. Mm -hmm. So are we saying that there's a direct connection between...
0: uh, Lack of enforcement, following up, discipline, with a potential, which we haven't decided whether there's actual, a potential increase in aggression, which
1: is kind of where we. We started. have moved off topic a bit, I must admit. Yes, um, but, but I think the the connection. Maybe there is a connection. No, I think the connection there is that it was like when Kelly raised the point. You know, what is naughty, and is it a bad behaviour? No, we know that. Is it inappropriate? No, it may be inappropriate for people, but it's not inappropriate for dogs. The the word I've been using lately is it's simply undesirable for the owner. That's what I said. Making no undesirable behavior because
2: it shouldn't be a judgment call, right? And the the fact of the matter is, most of what we call naughty is just a dog being a dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, Largely, I think the problem is, in general, with with the is the expectation people Mm -hmm. have for animals now. For dogs, they are honorary little humans, little babies in their fur coats. To most people. They're um, supposedly benevolent and noble and... Right, and, of the Hollywood
0: version oh, of all dogs of that. And, exactly.
2: the so, and then So, And then in our impatient and intolerant world, as it's developed over the last several years with technology, we just don't even have any kind of connection to just animals in general. Right. If you replace the word dog, I've said this all along, with uh, the word bear. I want to stay away from the mother candidates. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and then you said, you know, that bear is just being stubborn. I can't leave him in the house loose uh-huh. when I'm not home, without him getting into the kitchen.
1: crapping all away with the police. <laughs> you know, Can we use Honey Badger? Honey Badger. <laughs> honey Badger. badger. Honey, uh-huh. badger you you know. uh, honey badger. badger. You naughty
2: know. Honey uh, Badger. No, he doesn't care. give uh, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, but, but. So, you know, and then immediately people would say, no, of course not. No, you, you yeah. left the damn bear out again in the kitchen. Yeah. No, why can't he be trusted? He's He's dominant. He's... He's just being bad, you know, no, uh-huh. he's being a bear. you would never leave the house and leave your bear in the kitchen free. Right. You know, why would you think that it's okay to do with any other species of animal without appropriate training? And so yeah. there I can
0: definitely see the, the connection between a perceived spike in aggression, is that what we,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not with the bear, not with the bear, <laughs> oh, my bear is so aggressive. Uh, no, I mean, what you're saying about expectations and how maybe the expectation of what a good dog is has changed. Uh, with regards to aggression where maybe, you know, a decade or two decades or three decades ago, a little growling and snapping and lunging was like, oh, you know, dogs
2: are dogs. People but expect now people more. People that. expect more from their animals as far as what the animal will tolerate, you know, mm-hmm. and they expect less behavior from any mm-hmm. kind of animal and so they want the dogs to be at close proximity with all dogs at the park they want the dogs to be you know locked up all week while we sit at our computers in various jobs or just sitting in our offices and then be weekend warriors and be perfectly behaved mm-hmm. they want training to be instantaneous with one class if any you know, and right. have a dog that can then be free in the house for the rest of their life without putting in any of the effort because we're so used to instant results these days. And they want all of that without the dog ever acting like a dog. The tolerance for a dog growling, snapping, barking, pooping, foraging, you know, has gone way, way down where our expectations has gone way, way up. So that's I what agree. I think. So,
1: so I think we could actually define naughty or undesirable in two ways. One is the dog is acting like a dog. Uh, in your house uh, and not how you would like to and why is he doing that because he is a dog and you haven't taught him you know where to pee when to bark what to chew etc mm-hmm. so basically it's the dog's behavior is is just um at odds with what the owner wants and then the other thing is when we ask dogs to do things so that the more conventional aspect of training and manners and we say sit and the dog doesn't so, what do we do with non-compliance?
2: Do we have to do a whole episode on that? I mean, um, we do. This is kind of a... I feel like I, of yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's huge. I think it is the, the reason why so many trainers don't get along. And I think that we split the dog training profession into two, you know, um, half are dealing with problems, but they often tend towards aversive techniques, but it stops the problems. The other half are rewarding the good behavior but are not teaching owners what to do when the dog's non-compliant or is behaving in a way that is potentially dangerous.
2: I mean, obviously there's a place for management while you're training a dog, but I do feel like so many trainers lean on management as a permanent crutch. And that is disappointing to people. They don't want to hear, hear mm-hmm. that they can never have their dog, you know, I don't know, whatever, in their bedroom or right. or free in the house or right. whatever King's it Party may be. Or, yeah. You know, they think, I mean, granted, there are some dogs that are simply not suitable. If mm-hmm. you've adopted a dog with certain problems, it may never be safe around children or whatever it may be. But uh, I, I just think that people bring that management tool in as a permanent Solution and a bit of a scapegoat for for not knowing how to do a, uh, a how to correct or discipline a, an animal and discipline I don't like the word but I don't you know we all know what we mean Uh corrected behavior meaning it's just getting the scared, animal back on back track, on track. yeah um, and they don't know how to do that so then they just avoid it permanently which then sets up I think very unrealistic expectations for the average owner who just says no I. I want my animal to be in part of my life. I don't want to have to manage this forever. Um, well, I think multi layer problem. Really. You know, if we look back at how
1: training has changed over the past forty years, which has been a tremendous period of change, that dog training has certainly become a friendlier place for dogs. There's a lot more um, rewards and lures and fun and games and toys and what have you, um, and there's a lot more science and thinking behind it but I think what we lost was standards. You know, when I look at my seminars now, um, 40 years ago, if I asked asked the audience to put up their hands, who competes in obedience, every single person would raise a hand. Now it's down to about two or 3%. And you see, all training back then was done towards a goal that your dog had to do a certain number of exercises like heel off leash, Mm -hmm. stay off leash, and, and we've lost that. We, we've lost, you know, testing in classes. And so it's very easy to just go by and, you know, we come, we have a good time, yes. And we mm-hmm. give a few food treats and the dog has a good time. But he doesn't heel off leash and he doesn't downstay for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what's really... Having said that... Or
2: come when uh, called or sit when told. Yeah, to I mean, having it. said yeah. when... Have said that. Um, no,
1: there are trainers out there who are doing that, but it is now minority. Rather People are than... afraid
2: of standards, and they're afraid of what to, they don't. They really do not know what to do when it doesn't go well. You know, not just the owners, but the trainers themselves. I think, and uh, it's it's a bit of a conundrum. I know. I, I think also they're so afraid of any kind of correction or or realignment. I don't know whatever you want to call it um, that well y- 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 they would rather they end up limiting a dog's entire life versus just uh, you know making something right they don't know how to go through the process which can be painful or whatever it may be not only physically painful i mean like it's mm-hmm. excruciating when you're having trouble right. with something can be trying to trying can to challenge. work through it, can it be... you know? and uh, you know they don't know what to do they don't know what to do so they just avoid it permanently
1: yeah i mean i, I understand people we don't want to hurt obviously, and we don't want to frighten them even, Um, like shouting, you know, I try my best not to shout, and we both um, can shout, Jamie's the quietest one here, bless his heart, Um, but it's an emergency, your dog's now heading for a hole in the fence or across the street, but I I think the big change that's happened in dog training is we've lost words, one of the things that makes us really unique is human language, and once we had the the Conrad Mose you know, book come out, we eliminated words from instructions prior to task. You just put a leash on the animal, if you got it wrong, you gave him a jerk. Rather than showing him what to do, as we would in the first stage of lure reward training, it's teaching the animal English as a second language. What does sit mean? What do we expect? Immediately, put your butt on the ground, keep it there. But it's ironically, I think, the removal of words from consequential feedback and of course uh, a lot of that went with new ways to punish, you know, if it is a punishment, um, jerking and shocking but also with clicking
2: okay, but as then- soon as...
1: no this is so important it took words out of feedback and why is that important because not only do we want to communicate whether you got it right or wrong but how well you did and how potentially dangerous it is getting it wrong and if you got it wrong what should you be doing to get it right? Well,
2: it's, it's, so they've, they've limited the feedback immensely, which oh, is what you're saying, yes. but what I think where that came from is, you know, it's, it's just throwing the baby out with the bathwater because so many people talk too much without ever doing anything to teach mm-hmm. to dogs that, you mm-hmm. know, trainers started saying, stop talking and use your hand signals, your body language or your cues or your leash because everyone was just talking.
1: Well, there's times when you should anything. talk a lot. You should not blab away if you're giving commands. It should be Rover, sit. Rover, hand signal. But when the dog does it, you can say, "That is just the best sit I've ever seen a poodle do." You were so fast. Oh my God, that is worth ten cookies. It's all right to talk in praise because it provides that analog aspect of the behavior. You know, like, uh, "Thank you, good dog, good dog, good dog." Woohoo! Damn. You know, which is so rich, and so that's what I see missing. I don't see people talking to their dogs now in terms of consequential feedback, and I think that's a or training to a standard, crime shame, or training to which a also
2: there's a happy medium there. I mean, it's great that you know. I think training to a standard and having goals is very important. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be an obedience ring for the average person, but there's nothing wrong with. that.
1: Well, we certainly moved off topic with this one. Maybe we should just call it. What topic? <laughs> un- <laughs> un-edited, topic what topic? Un- un-edited, right. Off topic. Unplugged, unedited. Everything in yeah. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we probably <laughs> have, yeah. have
2: pulled many topics into that. Now we can. Yes. Uh,
1: well, I think that sums it all up, then, doesn't <laughs> it? Because we didn't
0: know what to talk like about,
2: that. so we probably covered
0: it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> bye, bye. Goodbye. Bye,
2: bye.